Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we hear about how God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. We're excited you've joined us. Here's our host, Brett Marani. Well, we're back. When I say we, I mean myself and my good buddy, Chip Davis, who serves the good people of Lake Road Baptist Church in Union City, Tennessee. That's in the northwest portion of the great state of Tennessee. Chip, good to have you back for the third episode in a row where we're going to talk about the subject of change. Good to be back, Brett. Good talking with you. Now, we already did two episodes, previous two episodes, on this topic. And when we're talking about change, we're not talking about personal change in our own lives. We're talking about change around us and how do we respond as believers to significant changes that occur over the course of our lifetime. And so couple examples, technology. There's a lot of changes in technology over the past several years, particularly with the computers and the internet and all that. And then also we touched briefly on the changes in terms of societal change, in terms of moral values. Uh, Our society as a whole believed and embraced and our laws reflected the concept that marriage is for one man, one woman for a lifetime. That has changed in the last few years to where our society now embraces and has legalized the idea of two people of the same gender getting married. That's an example of societal change. How do we respond to the changes around us as Christians? And so we did a lot of talking about the changes, and, and also we, we touched on our personal, especially when it comes to technology and things like that, our personalities and how that impacts how we respond to change. I'm more of an early adapter. Chip, you're, you're more of a late adapter. Mm-hmm. And that's by choice on your part. And that's by choice on my part. But uh, and neither is necessarily right or wrong. Strengths and weaknesses both ways. But let's talk about this solution to this. I don't want to say problem or dilemma, but the the question: How does a believer respond to change around them, and how do they discern on whether or not they should quickly embrace the change, slowly, cautiously embrace the changes around them, outright reject the changes around them? What would you say to a new believer? When they're starting to ask this question, hey, there's a lot of changes going on in our society. Do I embrace these changes? Do I not? What would you say? I would be cautious. I mean, the first response I would have is is to examine it in light of what God says. If there's something you know that you're not sure about, some things are going to be obviously wrong. Some are going to be obviously right. But when it's a gray area, then uh, I think that you seek God's will about that and to um see what his word has said about uh, some of those issues. I know that sometimes it's hard to find uh, an exact verse maybe dealing with some uh, issues. Like when I grew up, rock music, you know, they were saying all rock music's bad. Well, not all rock music is bad. And and, the fact, as I got older, I realized country music was probably worse than rock music (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to, you know, uh, morals and what have you. And so, uh, you know, you can tell if there's something positive or negative. There are some things that, that a person probably can can say, is this really wholesome? Or some things that a person can say, well, these are okay. I mean, they're gifts from God. And I noticed that, you know, years ago, I noticed that with every positive in life, there seems to be a negative side effect to it. You know, mm-hmm. like with medicine, mm-hmm. even there's always a negative side effect. And I read one day where the rabbis said the world was made with symmetry, that with every positive, there can be a negative. So I think with all of us, changes today are so fast because technology gets information to you so fast. And it's hard to really process it with with it going so fast as it does. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made reference to the, I believe, in a previous episode, the Amish and how they're kind of the extreme, slow to adapt and oh, embrace yeah, change. Yeah. Uh, but you also have on the other side, uh, people who just don't seem to question change at all. Whatever comes down the pike, hey, wow, innovative, cool, new, and jump right into it without much thought about it. Uh, society sometimes will then follow along and go with it. And then sometimes society will go, oh, okay, maybe we need to pump the brakes a little bit here on this. Maybe we're seeing some things that aren't so positive about that. I'm thinking just now about the whole smartphone thing and how people became quickly addicted to their smartphones to the point that they're looking at their phones while they're driving down the road. And then, you know, it's not like smartphones came out and then all these states started immediately enacting laws saying you can't be on your smartphone while you're driving down the road. No, that came later when people were dying from Mm -hmm. car accidents and hitting people. And and then there's all these research start coming out saying, hey, distracted driving from cell phones is, is as bad, if not worse, than drunk driving on our roads today. And so then came legislation to say you have to have hands-free devices. You cannot be holding it on your phone while you're driving down the road. Several states have adapted to that. So there's an example in our culture of how change comes along, and then we kind of regroup after the change, after we've embraced it, and we start to say, okay, now we, we need to put some guidelines here in order to, for this to be really wholesome or helpful for our society as a whole. I think it's a good example for Christians how we need to think about, okay, maybe we don't just dive right into change. But maybe we do start to say, hey, let's, like you said, be cautious. Let's examine this. Let's think about this for a little bit. And the number one place where we go to examine is the scriptures. Does the Bible have anything to say? The Bible doesn't say anything about smartphones, obviously. But can we ask questions from the scriptures? Can we look for principles from the scriptures that might help us to think about how we use smartphones today? Well, I would say that as Lana was mentioning this morning, your technology advancements like that, anything that's man-made, there's going to be a tendency towards self-reliance and forgetting to depend on God to some degree. So mm. I believe, like she said, as we were talking about it, she said, the Holy Spirit will move on you as a Christian to give you guidance about whether it's um, something's conducive to the good or to the bad. And anytime that a person would be um, bound to the phone, like my wife joked with me one day, she said, Chip, you're a knowledge addict. As soon as something mm. comes up I hadn't heard about or I'm not familiar with, I look it up immediately. Well, there's really, really no need for that, you know, but I've gotten, like you said, I, I'm prone to just look up and sometimes I even imagine I hear my phone ringing. And they said that's actually a sign of uh, that a lot of people have about, you know, having spent too much time on the phone. So even though I'm not a technological guy, I am uh, I do use my smartphone quite a bit. But I have to be careful because uh, there'd be a tendency to forget God in the midst of the uh, looking at this or that. I think any Christian can, can keep that in mind. You know, if, it, if it's consuming your life, then the Lord doesn't want it for you. I mean, uh, I don't can't pinpoint an exact scripture verse on that, just a general observation on it. I, I'm going to call it a problem in our culture today that we don't have enough direct interaction anymore because everyone's in this in, in, the, in the virtual world. I think you're exactly right, Brett. In fact, some years ago, you know, there this is like around 2008 or nine. I saw a doc- documentary on uh, a virtual a world about people living, you know, in a fantasy world, and uh, they've lost touch with reality, it seems. And, and that's the thing about technology. It can encourage, it can inform, but it also can isolate. And we were made for fellowship with God and others. And isolation, we know this, isolation is conducive to temptation and failure. If you are living a life just to unto yourself, well, you're going to be in trouble. You, we are made 
for fellowship. Man was not made to be alone. And that, you know, when it says that in scripture, it's not good for man to be alone in Genesis. I think that's not only talking about the husband and wife relationship. I think that means that we were made for other people. Yes. And let's just go ahead and recognize that you and I are having this conversation several hundred miles away from one another. Yes. <laughs> and, and I so thought about I, that. When we met at Union, I could have never pictured this. That's correct. When we met in college, you and I, we, we never would have dreamed that 30 years out, we would be recording a podcast that would go out for people to listen to hundreds of miles away from each other, having this conversation, doing that. And so yeah, this is, we're not opposed to technology when we're talking about the what we we're just speaking on. I mean, I could just imagine someone going, the virtual world is a real world. You're dealing with real people when you're in the virtual world. Just as we're doing this right now, we're using technology to have this conversation. People are having conversations on the on their phones. I get that. But we do need to also, as Christians, ask the questions, is there a point in which we examine these changes and you know, look at, greet one another with a holy kiss. There yeah. is this aspect of physical affection that believers should be right. in. And, and we all know we need physical touch. That's scientifically proven. We're using this one thing as, a, as an illustration of how Christians need to think through change around us and uh, be cautious, be thoughtful, be discerning, be prayerful, be biblical as much as possible, right. even though many of the changes around us are not something that you can look up and find a scripture verse on. However, we've been kind of leaning on technology for the last several minutes in our discussion of this, but let's shift back over to societal change in regard to morality. Now we can say, okay, the Bible touches on this. The Bible speaks to this. Yeah. Again, in regard to uh, the redefinition of marriage in our lifetime, something you and I never dreamed we'd see happen, right? Well, that's right. And then let's remember, though, that it's advances in technology that has given that such a push, you know, that people tell can what, voice Tell me what opinion. you mean by that. Yeah. Expand on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, th- there are people who are obviously led astray. Uh, by uh, the mass numbers of people who promote that on the, all the technological devices. So, as Ben Hayden said in a sermon one time, the new normal means that at one time it was abnormal. And so now it's the new normal. So, uh, societal views that were once influenced by Scripture over the last number of years, not just in our time, lifetime, but even before we came along, had already started with all the advances made with um, technology and, and the society was being affected. We're probably more, uh, Hollywood is probably incredibly infected, uh, affected the, the world. And, uh, and whatever they promote, it will be what many accept because most will not examine to see what it says. Hey, let me say this real quick. You know, it came to my mind earlier today that you're talking about this. It's so interesting, isn't it? In Genesis, Cain and his descendants made technological advances. Mm-hmm. Seth's descendant concentrated in general on agriculture and rural living and concentrating on uh, God. Seth worshiped God. Cain worshiped achievement. And then just, you don't even get out of Genesis before you realize that every time there's an advancement among man with God not in mind, Tower of Babel, Sodom and Gomorrah, the Egyptians, the Philistines, and uh, you take, for example, the um, uh, the Bab- Babylon becomes synonymous with man accomplishment and and then Adam and Eve, of course, the very first ones, last but not least, you know, they grew in knowledge. And I think about that when I see the Apple logo, 
they took a bite of the apple and increased their intelligence and uh, decreased their innocence. But all of, uh, I think the tempter, the serpent, who is wisely smarter than any any of us, we depend on the Lord, you know, who does know everything. But the world at large that doesn't have the Holy Spirit on them, and then, uh, you know, there's a, there's the mercy of Satan about what he can communicate to them. And so they have no ability to discern mm-hmm. because they do not know the scriptures or the Holy Spirit who gave the scriptures. And so, uh, and I have noticed, Brett, uh, I was talking to a preacher last week before I did a service. He's, we were talking about the uh, technological trends and how it has affected society. And there seems to be, and studies have kind of shown this, I believe, that there's a trend for a decrease in commitment to God in places that have increased in technology. Mm-hmm. As crazy as that sounds, that's the case. Now, for those who know the Lord, that you can use the technology to listen to Scripture, or to, to yeah, and you know, there's good. You can use it for a lot of different things. In and of itself, it's not bad. But for getting God in the technology, that's the problem right there. Mm-hmm. When we when we when we forget God, and Christians can do that if they're not careful. One of the other things that I, I wanted to, to bring out in this particular discussion is. Sometimes we, you know, we as Christians are fond of saying the message doesn't change, but the medium does. Yeah. I recognize that leather bound Bibles were not what the early Christians were carrying around. You know, no, they, they weren't carrying Bibles around at all. Right. They were carrying it from a uh, word of mouth. Yeah. And, and the public reading of scripture, they paid great attention to it. They put it yeah. in their minds. They mulled over it all week. Most of them didn't have copies of the scripture. Of course, there wasn't even a no. full writing ruined uh, the memory. <laughs> yeah, and, and a, well, and now we're finding that that technology is ruining the memory. People don't know people's <laughs> phone numbers anymore. I can't tell you my I can tell you my wife's, but I can't tell you my four kids' phone numbers. I've never remember I memorized so many numbers in the past, but now, so yeah, technology. Are we going to be able to find our way around without GPS? Back in the old days, you kind of had to have a internal GPS, if you will, and you kind of yeah. had to pay attention to where the sun was in the sky or whatever, and you knew where you had an internal compass and. I think we're losing that probably as people. The mess. It's not just that the message. The medium actually impacts us as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we need to think through this transition from hard copy of books and Bibles to everything being digital. Is that impacting us in some way? Uh, the medium itself, with just like the smartphone, most of the media we take in is now in such short doses. People love these YouTube shorts. And then Instagram and Facebook and, and all these different feeds just keeps your attention for a short period of time. And now there's a lot of brain neurological studies saying that, you know, the, of course, we know about the plasticity of the brain mm-hmm. and uh, people's brains get rewired. And then that's how they start to function in that capacity. And so they're starting to say that a lot of younger people that are on their phones all the time are um, and even not even just younger people, but older people as well. Our attention span may be declining because we're so used to hearing things in such short bursts. How does a, that a, bode well for right, us to right. have contemplative, good thinking and, and sitting down and processing things really well as opposed to having a short impulse control, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. Uh, immediate gratification. Dopamine kicks up. That's what the scientists tell us. Of course, we learn that from technology of all things. Right. <laughs> but they tell us, you, you, you know, your dopamine jumps right up. And so... There, there is a sense of uh, immediate gratification instead of uh, learning to wait and to uh, be patient. And God is a, a God who he, he can work in an instant, but most, most of life, when it comes to walking with God, it's slow. Yeah. 
We need to think about that. We need to think about be still before the Lord, be quiet, uh, resting our minds. Uh, I've noticed in the last couple of years with all this technology, I have a harder time driving down the road in silence. I need something to be (laughs) put in in my mind. I've got to, you know what I mean? Um, I know what you mean. So I think we need to examine the the mediums as well. So if we can kind of put a a conclusion to this, what do we say to Christians on how do you adapt to change? Well, first of all, you go to the scripture. Does the scripture say something? Does God, has he said something definitively that touches on the change and then how I should either embrace it or reject it? In in many cases, we just need a Christian say, we don't care if the rest of the world is saying this is a good change. If it says clearly in scripture that it is, it is opposed to the way of the Lord, then we need to say, no, we're not going with that change. Um, now, if it's not clear in scripture, how do we know if it's good or not? Well, we watch, we pray, we look for scriptural principles. We ask these type of questions in regard to the medium itself. Is it impacting me in negative ways? Is it helpful? Is it helping me in my walk with Christ? Is it helping me to love others? Think about the kind of the most important commands. Is this helping me love God? Is this helping me love others? Is this helping me to fulfill the Great Commission? Can I use it to help fulfill the Great Commission? Is this producing in me anxiety, or is it something that is uh, spurring, me on, spurring me on toward love and good deeds? Does it bring me peace? Think through the scriptural principles of what God wants in our lives, what he wants us doing, and He want, what he wants in terms of our, our status, our being as believers. And I think you'll get a lot of wisdom coming out of mulling over and thinking through those questions in regard to to the changes we're seeking to know whether we should embrace, adapt, tweak, or whatever. So any concluding thoughts, Chip, as we bring this to a close? Well, I, I think what you just said was absolutely wonderful. When I just randomly mentioned some of those uh, examples earlier in Genesis and, and like, you know, uh, Solomon, Gomorrah, and Babylon, Egyptians, Philistines, and all that, all of them were advanced. And in the activity of their daily life, there was seemed to be no time for God, because they were concentrating on human advancement. But as I mentioned with Seth and some of the rural people or agricultural people like Abraham, you can't help but think that they had more time to think and to uh, be at peace of mind. So for the application for us, I think, would be set aside your technological devices on occasion or, you know, for some part of each day. And let your mind heal and listen to God and read the scriptures and be still and know that God is God, as you mentioned from Psalm 4610. So we need silence. It's golden, as the old saying is. We need time just to be with God and his word. Huge amen to that, brother. Thank you so much, Chip, for coming on to discuss this this important topic. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And uh, we'll have you back again, hopefully, sometime soon. That sounds good, Brett. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.